Welcome back to the Identical Draw podcast. I just took my last sip of coffee before this podcast. Hopefully that didn't bother anybody. It'll probably bother me listening back because I hate, I hate. I'll tell you right now, it bothers me. All right, so my pitch today is, um, well, thank you Vortex for sponsoring this podcast. And today we're going to talk about their socks. Really exciting stuff. The Vortex Everyday Trekker Sock. They've their, got their socks don't suck. They've got no. They have really good socks. Um, crew socks, and they have the um, like the ankle no show sock. I actually have run in their 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 ankle socks, and then um, we we do a lot of our 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 sweaty our sweaty management days in their in their crew socks. So that I, I don't know if everybody knows that Vortex Wear has has a sock option. It's a really I mean we hunt in these puppies too. Like they're, it's yeah. a good option. I wouldn't for a say sock. like. A ton of their gear is for hunting, but you can definitely, I wear their Vortex sock hunt, on hunts mm-hmm. frequently. 100%. So they're, hey, they're pretty, it's very reasonably priced crew sock, and you can use code ID20 for 20% off. Let's go. Okay, so we're not done talking about sheds yet. Um, we'll, we ha- we delayed our big family shed hunt. This issue is we haven't found any. Yes. It's been a slow year for us for, sh- for sheds, but we delayed our family shed hunt due to weather. Don't want to take a bunch of kids down there to have thunderstorms on the Kansas ground. So we're waiting for nicer weather. So, we're, hey, we're going we're gonna to skip ahead to some turkey talk, and we'll come back. Yep, and then we'll come back. Do you have a turkey call around here? Uh, yeah. Can you... Can you go? I'll, I'll, I'll get into some turkey stuff. Can you? I want a little little background turkey noise to start this thing off. Um, man, it's. I mean, it, it's. It's the middle of March now. I mean, not the middle. It's it's the beginning middle. Um, and man, Nebraska. Fifteen days in Nebraska until we can, we can hunt them with uh, the old stick and string. So, that is really starting to. To tickle my fancy, it's really turkeys are really starting to titillate me. Um, they, God, I love turkey hunting. But uh, in this podcast, we're going to talk about how you can find them, like going to a new, completely new spot, how to find them, how to kill them quickly. Um, it's actually Tom Sinna. Not sure if you listen to our podcast or not, but our buddy Tom, he uh, he called me on Monday, and he was like, man, I just don't know about like how much time I have to scout turkeys. I'm like, whoa, you really don't, you, from what you put into scouting deer, you can get by with barely scouting turkeys. Hit, hit, hit us with a little background, a little. This is a good reminder. I broke my slate. It's all chipped up. So it might How'd you sound, break that. I don't know, but it's broken in half. So if it sounds a little off, it's probably because of that. Is that, is that a Primos jackpot? Mm-hmm. Man. Go to. How many turkeys has a Primos jackpot slate call killed? A couple more for me than you. Yep. That's, that's the side effect of not having it scraped. You get the gist. So... That's my go-to, for the most part. Here's some more. Do 
there's some gobbles for your fancy. If you want to um, get into this the spring mindset, we've been putting a lot of reels and videos on our YouTube and Not stuff TikTok. like that. Um, no. So turkeys, um, man, <clears throat> we'll, we'll go through like, uh, maybe an early season approach. First of all, we'll go through finding them. Then we'll kind of go through the season and how we hunt them from March to May. Um, I see people get more excited about turkey hunting than deer hunting sometimes because dude, the, the buildup to turkey hunting is unlike anything. Uh, it's more than deer hunting. It's more than deer hunting in the outdoor because deer hunting stresses people out. That's true. Like people get jacked up to deer hunt, but dude, they're not posting like deer hunt. Like, I mean, you get a few people do, but like every Tom, Dick and Harry's posting freaking Turkey footage from last year right now. Mm -hmm. And you just like, don't get that with deer. I don't know what it is, but turkeys, it is a laid back vibe. Totally. I mean, we love it. You can, you can chill out. You can have a chill hunt and a really fun, successful hunt. So first things first, how are we finding birds? I'll go through like, I haven't really gotten into the, find your, you're going to have to find public or permission. I'm not going to get into that whole thing right now, but you're going to have to find a piece of property. Turkeys need structure. You, if there's any animal that's, it's easy to kill on public. It's, it's Turkey. Um, because if you take the time to bounce around, turkeys are so like they, it's all dependent on weather a lot for turkeys, but like you can have a hot bird one minute and then a cold bird the next. Yeah. So you can have a cold bird and then a hot bird within yeah. 30 seconds. Yeah, you could go to a public, hit some calls, nothing, come back like two hours later and have a hot bird. Yeah. So bouncing around on public yeah. is very much more doable than so deer. if you like were going to explain to me like a property you'd be really, you'd be really interested in finding turkeys at. Like where, where, what's a property you'd walk and be like, there's got to be turkeys here. For me? Yes. Um... Cattle pasture mixed with big timber Great. and uh, if there's water, river bottom or something. Turkeys love cattle pastures because of the insect factor. And usually it's grazed. Like green, short grass with cow pies in there for them to flip over. Man, we have killed a, we have killed a lot of turkeys in close vicinity to cow pies. I don't know if you saw the, uh, the latest Land and Legacy. We obviously had Matt on last week. Um the podcast kind of went sideways there towards the end because of the bad audio, but, um, they posted, I think, I think it was recent that they recommend like you can use, um, cattle grazing, like the same way you use prescribed fire because mm -hmm. they, for turkey benefit. yeah, they'll keep the, the grass low. And, and that's obviously very good for poults. They just said it's very easy, um, to go down the overgrazing route. So mm -hmm. it doesn't get talked about very often, but, um, a lot of people don't realize that cattle, if they're rotated very well, it can be a very, very good benefit for turkeys. Yeah. I mean, that, that is one thing like deer definitely shy away from that, but turkeys love that area. You got the insects, you got, you got the short grass. Turkeys don't want to be walking through CRP. It's not a thing. Pults obviously like can't walk through it. And then like turkeys, they just, they'll, they'll go easier ways. So short grassy fields like that. And then you want something that they can roost in somewhat close by. They'll move like a decent bit during the day. Um, but some, some cover there. Um, yeah, they also like to strut and like that. I feel like that grassy, dusty, dirty, mm -hmm. like, yep. like a road, man, yep. a road would be, I mean, that's, that's primo. They'll like give themselves a dust baths and thing like that. That's um, a good place to look for tracks. Yep. Yep. So looking for tracks, like we don't talk to uh, talk about a turkey sign as much as we do deer sign. You've got turkey poop, which is a dead giveaway. It's got, it's like black, it's black, gray, and white, usually like in a, like a twist cone fashion. Um, what well, a, a nice turkey shits like a few inches 
Oh, like an inch wide and a few inches, like an inch or two at the biggest. Tall, yeah. long. Um, and then you like if you're like in a flock of them, you'll like it'll like there will be turkey shit everywhere. Like following a flock, like you could follow a flock based on their turkey shit. Yeah, it's kind of like following a herd of um, cow elk. There you go. Yep. And then you'll see tracks. Obviously, when you when you look at a track, that middle that middle finger um, on I guess toe maybe on a, on a turkey foot is, um, on Tom will be like three to three and a half inches and on a hen, it'll be short, like two and three quarter, two and a half to two and three quarter long, um, inches. And, um, so that's how you can kind of determine the, uh, the sex of the bird you're going after. And then if they're strutting, like you'll be able to find like their wing marks in the dirt. So that's a few things that you can like find for sign. Um, but obviously the biggest thing you're, you're looking for as a turkey hunter is birds and then gobble something you're not even looking for you're listening for listening for so <clears throat> maybe i can go through what i what i would look in, like what i would do to locate birds say on a new piece of of public that we've never been to before sure so western nebraska is a hot topic okay so let's say i'm going out there for opener which i would never do because i'd want to see turkeys and not people use and abuse nebraska i see all these out-of-staters we do it to ourselves can't, can't wait to go to the Nebraska opener when March twenty fifth. When you can buy three tags and shoot them with all in the yeah. same minute. I mean, and then that same person is can't wait to go to Nebraska out of state September one. Gonna be in the sand hills. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyways, um, if I was going to go out there, I would be going out there a day in advance. I'm not going to go out there for turkeys three days in advance. That makes no sense. I'd go out there a day in advance, um, and even if I had an afternoon and evening, I would consider that a sufficient amount of scouting for turkeys. There's either birds there or they're, they're yes. not. So I'll do it like deer. I'd, I'd cover a lot of miles looking for public, and I'd be glassing for sure. But then I'd be also walking into public areas, and I would be hitting crow calls throughout the day. I'd totally hit a couple turkey calls. I don't want to. I might get castrated for that. But like, we posted a video on TikTok. Like, you're, you're. This is before season. You're educating that Tom. I'm like. This is like late May in Wisconsin. This bird's been called to like 80 hundred times. Yeah. So 80 hundred is not really a word, but um, anyway, so that's what I would do. I'd, I'd cover a lot of ground. I'd glass for birds. And then in the afternoon, evening time, I'd probably just set up shop somewhere on a good piece of public that I wanted to, or just cover, keep covering ground and listen for gobbles. Like going up to roost, when they get in their roost in the evening, they're going to be gobbling. Most likely. Yeah, we wait for it to get a little yeah, dark. We experience that on public. They gobble later. Yes, they do gobble At later. Times. Yep, um, that is the best way to turkey scout. In in like even like evening tonight when they fly up to roost, they'll be gobbling, and in the morning when the sun's cracking, they'll be gobbling as well. And that's when you can best locate an area for turkey. So that's why, hey, like days in advance for scouting, you really don't need it because you could find birds in one evening or one morning. Like if they're there, especially like morning, one hundred percent. If they're there, they will be gobbling in the morning. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair to say. Yep. There's probably some Tom out there that just is wise as hell and just won't gobble in the morning, but I don't know where he's at. Um, every every Tom I've ever hunted is going to gobble in the morning. So that's just an easy way to scout. Um, so that's what I would do until I find one of those, and then I would just work that bird um, until that one either gets killed or or goes on to property I can't hunt or whatnot or shuts up. Um, then... Throughout that day, I'd just be covering different pieces of public, hitting hitting a few hen calls, hitting some crow calls, and trying to get that gobble to go. Yeah, and I'd say everywhere is different. Uh, state by state, like, 
for example, our Nebraska um, permission ground, those birds gobble freaking morning, midday. Like, they're, no, they're just gobbling all the time on mm-hmm. their roost, whether it's in the morning or in the evening. And with Kansas, we found out that they, they gobble a lot less in the evening yep. and a lot more in the morning. Like, you could go in the evening with, I mean, maybe a gobble. Like, it, We've yeah, had them that you haven't heard. And gobbles. you like almost wonder if they're on there. And then mm-hmm. in the morning there's two or three ripping on the ground. So mm-hmm. um, kind of interesting there that we've kind of had to learn with our 80. Yeah. So definitely is where like definitely depends where you're hunting. Where else? I mean, when we were hunting South Dakota, we heard morning and evening gobbles on public. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin, it was mostly morning. So yeah, it kind of just depends on the pressure as well. Um, but yeah, though, I mean, birds are gobbling. I, w- I would bet birds are gobbling now. Yeah. Like, it, like early March. So Definitely. like you can, if, if it's like one of those things where it is like a further away property, I mean, you could, you could probably go scout it now in morning and evening if you're available and then anticipate there to be birds on opener in, in two weeks. Yeah. So that's, that's at least something. in the area. Yeah. So that's how we would basically go about locating an area to turkey hunt. Um, of course, once season opens, you have pressure and you have birds getting more shy and things like that. And you just have to work around those, those things. But yeah. I'd say without giving away all your secrets, um, you contacted a ton of landowners and none of them you knew if there were turkeys on the ground, but you just went ahead and asked. Mm -hmm. So what, like if somebody's looking at a piece of public or, um, trying to get private, private land permission, what would you say is like, what were were the things that stuck out to you to ask for permission? Timber. I'm looking for like, I'm looking for like a, like at least a little chunk of timber. Um, like, even like a wide, like, like, like little river bottom with just a little timber on each side that that's enough for me. And then, and then I was looking for like either <clears throat> cropland or like just an open, open area. Like if I saw like cow, like I'd zoom in, if I saw like a cow pen, like that's, that's a big time. Key would in. you say that you would take cow pasture over ag? I would take cow pasture over ag for sure. The, I feel like one of the biggest things is, is like a, a creek or a river system. Like that's almost, I mean, I don't know what it is, but that's just, a, that's just a more of a gimme. Um, I mean, that's probably any, like any wildlife I feel like will benefit yeah. from that. But at the end of the day, yeah, I just was looking for like an area. Okay. Roosting, nesting habitat, and then area strut zones, um, area, easy travel areas. Gosh. Yeah. I, like that. Yeah. Thinking about to, our South Dakota, um, Black Hills hunt, like mm-hmm. those residential yards, the, mm-hmm. the, um, cow just the tiny little cow corrals that they're like, they're hanging out in. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's not in public, if it's close to public, I mean, you at least have an idea, you have a door to knock on, um, all those sorts of things. I mean, mm-hmm. turkeys and cows they're they love each other. Yeah. So <clears throat> that, that's the basic gist. And then, I mean, I don't know right now, like maybe Turkey, we've discussed Turkey populations. Like they've been on a decline the last 10 years for sure. Um, and so like, but I still like assume there to be birds in certain areas that look really good. Um, but as far as permission, I would, I think I'd already discussed this, but I wasn't like asking for the big, awesome chunks of timber that I'm like, okay, that's got, there's gotta be birds there. I was asking for the, the places around outside of it that wouldn't like weren't as primo, but you could still call birds onto. So that's a little hot tip for you, but that, that's basically what I was looking for. Um, but until you get boots on the ground or just, have a morning or evening. I mean, that's a, like, maybe it's a place that you're like, you drive by and you see birds every once in a while on public or private. Um, or maybe it's not, maybe it's just like a public that, Hey, it's like two miles off the road. I'm going to go check it out quick before or after work. That's the nice thing about turkey hunting. Like you could be there for five minutes and be like, yep, 
gobbles hitting them hitting mm-hmm. them with the owl call and they're they're there so scouting wise you just don't stress about the turkey side of things but i was i was thinking we could get into like a couple um quick turnaround scenarios about how like we killed turkeys and like like fast like scouting and hunting scenarios um i was going to talk about the hunt with quinn a few years back on maskell oh go ahead and then um i don't know if you have one that you could yeah, I would just maybe just get into our protocol when we when we uh, drive up to our uh, new spot that we haven't hit yeah. during a weekend or a week and what, what we do. Right. So um, a few years back, it was 2019 maybe. Um, we were we were going hunting with our our cousin Quentin, and uh, it was it was evening, like sun, like starting to set. Like it was like I mean, we had like an hour. It was maybe. like 6:30. Yeah, we had maybe we had maybe an hour. So we parked on the bottom side of this hill and. Um, it's basically what we have to hunt is a, a big is basically 80 acres of timber with um with a road that goes over through the top of the property and there are some open there's cattle on it and there are, are some open grass areas so i mean it's primo for turkeys um and i mean obviously this wasn't a new spot we knew like we we were thinking there would be turkeys somewhere on it but this is just like what well, we, we have no idea if there are turkeys on it for this hunt we haven't scoured anything more we just park the truck getting out throw a call in the mouth and uh, we just walk up to the top of this hill and i rip out a couple mouth calls and sure enough a hen response i'm like oh great there's turkeys out here do another one hen responds again do another call and pow, and so we're like that sometimes that's as easy as it is like don't get me wrong this is this is private. It was probably maybe hunted a hand like a few times before that, maybe. Um, so it might. It's definitely could be easier than a piece of public that's been hunted. But boom, he gobbles. We sit down. That's just a. He was fired up, and we just kept calling back and forth. He gobbled. Just got closer and closer, and bam, walked out into the pasture and quit and shot him right there at 30, 40 yards. We were there for ten minutes, fifteen minutes. So it's like that is the case of. Um, showing you how quick and like easy turkeys can be sometimes. And then also we've, we've done three, four day hunts where we never get that. Yeah. So like, but that is like, you don't, you don't always like, like if you got, if you get off work, if you get off work at lunch and you just have like an, an afternoon or evening or whatever to hunt, don't act like that's like not enough to kill. Like you can do turkey hunts in really small bite-sized pieces. So that's, that was one way just like, yeah. And that wouldn't have worked if we just had the mentality like, our hunt hasn't begun yet. Like yeah. we're going to go be loud, set up a blind mm-hmm. and sit it for 45 minutes. Like mm-hmm. that we would have busted them mm-hmm. and never would have happened. We had a blind strap around our neck. We had yeah. stuff to, to get set up, but just by acting one thing that we always have to reiterate to our new hunters time after time is, Hey, as soon as, as soon as that truck turns off, like hunt, hunt we're starts. still in the car, but the hunt started. You're, closing those doors very quietly. You're like, you're acting like the birds right over the next hill because with turkey hunting, it can be that fast. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that yeah. bird was hundred yards from where we parked our car. Yeah. One, one loud door slam and yeah, they're nervous. Be, or, yeah. So yeah, that, that's a super good point because when we, when we go like to a spot to hunt, we are, we call every hundred yards getting to our spot mm-hmm. for sure. Um, it's not like we just like, it's not like a deer where like a deer hunt where you're just like, like super quiet to get into your stand. Like we're like, if we have, if we have, I mean, a quarter mile to walk, I mean, we are calling several times yep. before we get to the blind. Cause you never know, like if you're in that turkey's bubble, mm-hmm. like he'll gobble at you real close and come storming in. Yep. So Which, you never know. And like, especially thick, 
thick country like that hill country where they could just be off the ledge you just never know um, a good, so we call yeah, a ton a good side note with that is every single time we call we're always everybody that's in our group is tucked in a cedar because mm-hmm. if he does pop out you don't want to be exposed exposed and just mm-hmm. stuck because then that doesn't help you out at all so yep. yep maybe talk about um what we did this last year in wisconsin or south dakota to find birds that were heavily hunted yeah um we had uh starting with wisconsin we had a, a later season i want to say mid was it early early to mid-may mm-hmm. um and we basically we bounced around a ton we used onyx looked at all sorts of properties, private, public, um, small tracks, big tracks, knocked on doors, got permissions on a couple pieces. Um, gosh, we, we were running into hunters for sure. Um, the number one thing we did was just try not to let that, um, intimidate us. And, uh, we continued to hit those pieces, but our, our hunts were quick. Like if a morning hunt, um, happened like not successful off the roost, he shut up, like we're moving on to the next spot. This mm-hmm. is one of those things where those great hours during the early morning and, and later evening, like you're, you're working during those hours big time. Um, and then just hitting as many spots as possible with public is super, super good idea. Um, transitioning to South Dakota, we basically specialized in what the, where those birds wanted to be. Like we weren't trying to make, like we weren't, taking what we knew from Nebraska and trying to apply it to South Dakota, Black Hills. It just wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. Um, bird number, bird numbers were quite a bit lower. Um, we covered a ton of ground. Yeah. I mean, both of us were, were covering miles. Like where, I mean, that's not a thing that we've done really in any yeah, other and I, state. I, I had a busted foot for that hunt. That was terrible. Yeah. I mean, on the, like boots, like miles on the boots. Like, I mean, we drove around a decent bit, but I mean, we were, we were covering a lot, a lot of ground yeah. in that terrain. But, our from our hunt from hour one to the last hour was was different because we took what we knew and what we had learned from locals from where we'd seen birds. But um, yeah, going to those unpressured um, unpressured like we're we're for not being private land um, hunters on those public land hunts. Like we're looking at private land like it is public in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Like not that we're going to go hunt it, but that we are using that to our advantage and trying to find out, Hey, what does this private land look like on Onyx? Is there anything like that looks like that on public nearby? Um, can we knock on this door? All that. I mean, all that should be going through your head. Um, one thing that we also surprise our new hunters with is how good of Turkey vision we have. Like, like I said, like when we're in the car, we're hunting. Oh man. Like we kill a lot of birds because, we're like, as we're driving, we are scanning like any black dot is getting a head turn or yep. anything like that. Um, yep. and that's the reason we killed. Well, we not, not to like pat ourselves on the back, but we have like, we could spot birds. Um, I remember like our, our friends, like parents when we were little, they're like, holy shit, those Craig boys can spot crap. Like they'd just be, I mean, just your average Joe driving down a highway, going to track meet or something. We'd just be like, boom turkeys deer like it's just a thing that you do when you're like freaking obsessed you just are yeah. looking for stuff all the time most people mm-hmm. aren't but it like the the being slow and constantly just your eyes just tuned in is like that that'll kill birds for you big mm-hmm. time big time um, um do yeah, you have anything ahead. else that for the public land situation um 
kind of got, I mean, there's, there's a luck factor. Um, I mean, yeah. In Wisconsin last year, you had the biggest bird we've ever seen come past you at 20 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, the day before season was opened. Um, I mean, that thing had two to three inch hooks. I'm not, not zero exaggeration. I feel like an idiot telling people that yeah. all the time. But like but we have turkey on it our entire lives. And we, I mean, like we know, we know what a, a three quarter inch spur looks like. Yes. That we grew up in that land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, and I'm like, this bird that I filmed from a hundred yards away mm-hmm. had hooks. Like I, if I like, like look at two inches, like on like a ruler or something, I'm like, that looks small compared to what those hooks looked like. But I'm like, did he have over two inch spurs? I mean, two inches, a big spur. I mean, inch and a half. Yeah. Like you're talking spur. like, is this like, was this a record bird? Yeah. I mean, on Wisconsin public strutting and gobbling by you. Did he gobble? He gobbled, right? Yeah. Old bird, and I mean, he had to have been at least three. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Huge bird. So yeah. that happened, and then, I mean, the rest of the time. You can see uh, that bird. You don't have to, well, I guess we should repost that pick. Yeah. It's on, uh, it's on, did I put it on Instagram reels? I'm not sure if I put it on Instagram reels. Well, we oh, need to yeah, drop. did. You did. We need to drop that Wisconsin hunt still this spring. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll put some we'll put some footage together from that Wisconsin turkey hunt last year, um, for in the next few weeks. Um, but yeah, that that bird was a freaking hoss. Um, but on public land, man, it's just like rolling with the punches. Obviously, you have the human pressure. Um, I think you're covering a lot of ground, um, bouncing around a lot, and then I think like with our um, South Dakota hunt, we realized, man, these birds are call shy as crap. Like if you call, they will. They are legit doing a 180 and walking mm-hmm. away from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we realized that and we, like when we were hunting birds, like we stopped, it was basically spot and stock, which kind of sucks when you're turkey hunting. Cause like that's, we want to, we want to have the call and the interaction. Yeah. You want um, the experience, but yeah. like we still killed a bird basically stalking on him, And then he was shot gobbling a few times. That's when like a crow call or an owl call and owl who can really come in handy. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I would say one of the biggest things that I see a lot of experienced hunters, I think they're good at turkey hunting, make the mistake of is un, like not realizing how good a vision these turkeys actually have. Mm. Like you and I have hunted with, with different people um, that are somewhat experienced, but they just like the difference between us and them is they, they're acting like this turkey can't see us mm. in a lot of situations, I think, which helps us kill more birds. Yeah. Um, but I, I always tell our new hunters like, like the best way to learn how to turkey hunt well and to be a great turkey hunter is is to bust birds mm-hmm. at, from a half mile away yeah. when you don't think you're gonna because mm-hmm. that that's gonna happen. Yep. Um, like I always start the like the new hunter weekend off with like, hey, like you're gonna spook birds. Like that is gonna happen. Um, whether you think you can move a little flap on the blind and he's gone, or um, you think you can open up that big giant bag of sour patch kids and <laughs> he's not gonna hear it. You know? Yeah. I, RIP that bird should have been shot, but Tom Senna just had to get his yep, sour patch his kid fixed. Um, they, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll bust you from a good long ways. Um, and then you get into like decoys, um, and turkeys will spook on certain decoy setups. So that's just a, I mean, we've had, we've had, we had a couple of frustrating years. Yeah. We had a single hand get turkeys on like, and we're using DSDs, nice decoys out there. A few hands, a Jake and a, um, Jake and Hen would, Jake and Hen is our fave. 
like a semi strutting Jake with a hen in front is like yeah, and I, a lot I of recommend. Set up. I feel like we sometimes have birds spook off of the alert hen, mm-hmm. like just with their head up. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a feeding hen um, is. I, if I were to recommend decoy setup, it'd be a feeding hen and a Jake or a hen like laying down in front of a Jake. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that that's our biggest one. And but I feel like we've kind of drop the decoys a little bit in the last few years a little like, bit but th- that is they could still be super useful i mean me and jacob our buddy jacob Saab last year like early march i mean we had turkeys come right into the decoys at eight yards and at least stand on the hen yeah always have at least one hen decoy i, th- I can think of every single time we've had turkeys hang up at 60 yards is because they couldn't see a decoy yeah so always have a hen decoy that you can at least put pop gosh, out. three four feet in front of you just yeah. a long arm reach to get that stake in the ground mm-hmm. that that will help you kill more birds. Always mm-hmm. have a decoy. Yeah. Um, I was going to talk about a hunt that me and Anthony had a few years back. Um, this is just like a hunting your way into your setup. Um, it was early May and it was like pr- probably the best turkey hunting weekend we've ever had in our lives. Um, Thomas, you missed a few opportunities that trip. And then I basically, um, with me and Anthony were going out for an evening and then we split off and we were going to, we were going to hunt two different areas. And when I was going to my spot, I'm just hitting the glass hard looking down in this area where I know they like to strut and stuff. It's just like, it was a grassy road that, that doesn't grow back up. They like that short grass. Like we already talked about. And sure enough, there's two big boys strutting down there. So I run like 50 yards to be like, Anthony, get over here. So I'm like, we're going to kill these sad daddies. Um, let start letting out a little, so I pop, pop in my mouth call. And then this is one of those deals where I just had a hen and I literally like you picture like a road, like an open road with like CRP grass on one, on one side, like kind of like a cedar edge on another. What did we say earlier in the podcast? They love those roads. Yep. And they're like probably, probably 200, 250. And I'm like, at that point I'm like real worried about busting them. Like you need to be worried about busting them. Um, so all I do is I take my hen decoy. We like skirt down this timber edge, like barely pop ourselves out. And then I, I literally take the hen decoy, outstretch my arm, like really slowly and stick it in the road. I mean, it's, it's three feet from Anthony. So it's like, you don't need him in an ideal. You don't need him like out in front of you to shoot it. You just need him to suck in the turkeys enough to get him in yeah. range. Like I feel like everybody needs him. Like, oh, I need it like 10, 15 yards out in front of me. Like, no, as long as they could see it, you could shoot him before they get to the decoys. Mm-hmm. Like, who cares if the, I mean if the decoy is behind you who gives a crap like as long as they can freaking see it and you can suck them in um and that was just a classic like we got really we had really good cover popped the decoy out didn't spook the birds and we called those suckers in and Anthony dropped one at 30 yards um but that was a case of I didn't just bust down that road going to my spot I was glassing like really really close and then um being careful sticking out that decoy where, where it just worked for me I didn't I didn't really I wanted them to see it, but I didn't need to get in the perfect spot. Just like get where you need to be to be able to pull it off and then hunger down. So, yep. That's good. Um, I was also going to talk about a setup me and Jacob had, you can watch this video from last year. I think it's just Nebraska Turkey hunt. I don't know what it was called, but basically, um, me and my buddy Jacob style, we, we had an amazing hunt last year, early March. And like by saying early March, you mean the end of March? Yes. End of early March, early into the season. Yes. We, we realized, um, like basically we were working on, we were working with the sun rising and setting and then we were doing a morning hunt. So 
rise in the east sets in the west so we are setting we are sitting on the west side of these cedar trees so we were in the shadow when the sun came up to the east and this setup was perfect because we didn't even have cover to like our further west side we just had that cedar that we were tucked into with the shade in there shade is like turkey hunting 101 for for being hidden like if you can get in the shade of cedars or just like be in a dark area that's going to help you out tremendously and those birds tucked in I mean, they came into our decoys at eight yards and all we had was that cedar with this being in the shade. And so think about that. Think about the sun rising setting and where those shadows are going to be when you're setting up. That's yeah. It's huge key. It's like, it's not always about the cover. It's just about putting yourself in the right spot in the shade. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's being dark. Yeah. You can make a pile of whatever, as many cedars as you want. But if you're in the sun, I mean, the first movement, you're SOL. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk about any differences from hunting May or March to May? Like, I mean, you have the flocks, you have the flocks in, in March and in like early April, definitely have the flocks. And I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do during that time frame. You still basically, I feel like morning and evening hunts are less successful and you have to hope for that midday bird that breaks away. Yeah. Unless, unless you just got that roosting spot pinned. Yeah. And they and, just fly into your lap. Yeah. Which, I don't know. You always worried about you're always worried about them flying the opposite way down mm -hmm. the other side of the hill, that yeah. sort of thing. But I don't know. Experience with knowing where you think they're going to fly down to is huge. Yeah. So we, I mean, we kill a lot of birds. Like a few years ago, when I killed my archery bird on opening day, it was like a one one p.m. bird. Mm -hmm. So like we hunt heavily. I mean, this is throughout the whole season, but especially early season, we were working hard from ten to two. Yeah, working hard, and people like. I feel like some people miss out on that time, but that you kill a lot of birds during that time frame. Um, it's just like, usually those hens break away and aren't as interested in the toms and toms are starting, they'll gobble during that time because they want to find a hen. And if you're that hen out there during that time, that's responsive. Boom. You got a bird coming your way. Yep. So mm -hmm. we've, we've shot a lot of birds during that time frame. That still is true throughout the whole season, but I feel like you can also find those lone birds later in the season when hens are on nests more often in the morning and evening. Yeah. Um, what, what would you say if you had, if you had, let's, let's, let's be like the, the average Joe worker. You have two weekends to hunt spring turkeys in Nebraska or Midwest or wherever. Which weekends are you going to hunt? I am putting my two weeks and your shot, your shotgun, your shotgun yeah. hunter. Yeah, yeah, I'm going April 23rd to May 7th. Those are the percent. Those are the days that I'm going for a couple of reasons. Um, I wish, like, I I do wish Nebraska would push back their season date because a lot of birds are dying before they're breeding for the mm -hmm. first time. Yep. I think doing a late April and early May time, you've hopefully hopefully that Tom's bred at least one hen. Yeah. So. I don't know. I it helps. We with, push. It helps like, with population for sure. We'll like I mean, do an we've, opener we've trip. Killed, we've killed early season birds. Yep. Yep. Okay. We, we do like an opener, and then we like don't hunt until like late April. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's just. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you if you do have multiple tags, and we can't convince you to not fill all three of them, just even though Nebraska doesn't have um, certain um, regulations for this, like kill your first bird and then wait. Mm -hmm. Like just just make it like you can still fill that tag in May, late May, mm -hmm. like. Just if like if you're willing to do anything for the turkey hunting population in whatever state, like just push it back, push yeah. push your tag we, date back. Like in Kansas, we there are not like as many birds down there where we hunt, and we 
we we could kill as yeah. many birds as we want. We could get everybody a tag that we want, but we have killed one bird off yeah. there every year because we're like the opener is early April, but we're gonna yeah. wait to hunt until May. Yeah, so we just we like we we want that. I mean, you got to think about the future. If you bag three toms out of a flock, it's like who's gonna. Where's yeah. the next generation coming from? And like yeah. people just are just filling tags left and right, just assuming that there's going to be a Tom that just pops out of nowhere. Do you know how hard it is for that, for a Tom to become a Tom? Like the odds it's, are stacked it, against can, them. I can say personally, it's difficult. Yes. It's like a Turkey to uh, a male Turkey to become a two to three year old Tom is like, I mean, they're, they're in the 1%. If that like, first of all, Majority of their brothers and sisters aren't making it out of the nest. And if you're killing them early, a lot of them are not freaking, like, getting, becoming an egg. So it's like, you have to let shoot Toms later so the hen can get bred. At least give them that step. Work on some, work on some nesting habitat and work on freaking predator so that they can make it through their egg. To, yep. to hatch as a pole yep. and then hopefully have some burn or some grazing where they can actually get around and not die from the elements. Yep. It's like for that bird to be there, like killing a bunch of two, three year old toms, like that is, that is a lot of luck. You in were the just same, in the same spot. Smoke yep. it out. Oh yeah. I mean, kill your birds, just scatter them out a little bit. Um, different flocks. Yeah. I mean, all we're trying to do with our land management stuff for turkeys is raise that percentage from one, one to two to 10 to 15%, which would just help out the turkey population so much by yeah. having good, good, ha- good, um, cover for poults, having it, making it easy for them to walk around, good food, um, roosting trees, all that sort of thing. Um, try to eliminate as many predators as possible. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell people about your, what was it? Was it early May when you had that one fly down right in front of you? That's a really good hunt. Yeah maybe one of the best hunts I've ever been on. I was by myself. Um, it was late season because I remember, um, I remember the sun, like I had killed that bird as the sun was like popping up. Um, so I, I was like legal shooting light. I probably killed that bird. Like, gosh, like 15 minutes after legal shooting light. It was mm-hmm. so early. Um, but basically I knew where these birds were roosting and I was hoping I, from experiences earlier, uh, in the fall, in the, sorry, in the spring, I realized that these birds were wanting to fly down on the opposite side from where I'd originally wanted to set up. And I had set up a couple of times and had unsuccessful hunts. So I put myself basically on this timber edge, uh, with them roosting behind me. And I heard them gobbling a little bit in the morning. Didn't seem like anything was super close. I was calling, maybe it might actually be this call that I'm, I've been scratching on. Um, but What's young. your early morning like? It's early. Like the birds are just, you might hear that loud. Oh, I'm always, I'm doing my light calls with this slate. And this Tom, is, Tom on the slate is pretty it's, deadly. It's not a, it's not a very good call because it's not scratched up. But I mean, I'm, I'm starting real light. I'm like, not like almost inaudible for them. But they have, yeah. they have better hearing than we think. But I'm just slowly amping it up depending on what the hens in the area are also doing. But so I'm I'm cresting them a little bit with that with that call, and sure enough, like it's maybe ten minutes after shooting light, and I he- I start hearing some birds fly down, and sure enough, no gobbles. They they gobbled a little bit, but I don't mm-hmm. think this close guy guy did. Mm-hmm. Maybe because he knew like I was calling right there, and mm-hmm. there was a hen nearby or something. Mm-hmm. Um, 
didn't want to spook it or whatever. But sure enough, this thing flies down. And I kid you not, like I had my shotgun laid over, like over my knee, like the classic look. And gosh, what, I mean, what I've been like, I maybe was like 13. We were young. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, and this bird flies down. I kid you not, like from my shotgun barrel, he was probably like another three feet past my <laughs> shotgun barrel. Yeah, he's just breathing on you. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, and he goes straight to full strut mode, like and flies down, hit the ground. So I remember. I remember, like I of course jumped, but like it wasn't. It wasn't. It like I didn't spook the bird. Like he was completely like I had decoys out in front of me. Where you you were probably wearing some freaking pious green pious jacket and some yeah. blue jeans. Yeah, probably and. He's right there, and I'm like, in my head, I'm obviously not even blinking, but I'm like, he's too close to shoot. Like, I, 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 I'll have to wait for him to, to put some distance in between me and him. So, I obviously, I'm not proficient at the mouth call like you are at that point. So, um, my hands are tied, and I basically just wait for him to lose a little interest in the area. And he, how long like was that? I mean, how long was he? He at was probably blank? there for, I mean, probably a minute or two right there like just don't breathe kind of thing um i mean you can just see into his eye like mm -hmm. so close i've never had a bird like did you feel like you needed to squint <laughs> like, yeah i've never <laughs> had a bird i can't think of any other tom that close i mean we've like you and i when i shot my first archery bird they came by the blind fast yeah. but that's a, a, a really yeah. close just but to that's have a them different like, deal like i don't know birds they just they one thing we didn't talk about is how well they can locate a call that's that they can't see like it, it. yeah they can put it they can they can come in that a ten yard circle of where you've been calling from. Mm -hmm. um, this was obviously true in this hunt. He flew down right in front of me, full stretch. No decoy, right? No, 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 no decoy. I was mm -hmm. thinking about it. Uh, I don't think I had a decoy actually. Um, and I basically waited for him to like the rest of the the rest of the hens and jakes were flying down lower, but that tom um, came up higher because of where I'd been calling from, just super light. And as soon as he was ten fifteen yards out, it popped him. And walked mm -hmm. up to the top of the hill, and it was, gosh, I I don't even know what time it would. It was like. in the sixes. Yeah, I think it was. Like, like I remember hearing that shot and be like, "Holy shit!" He yeah. just he must have shot that bird out of the roost. Yeah, but that's yeah. We haven't we haven't touched that on the early spectrum. Me and Jacobs last year was like before sunrise. Mm -hmm. um, but that yeah, you gotta you gotta be on him. That's a that's sweet hunt. Yeah. Um, well, is that a wrap on our, our turkey? Um, if you have any questions, message us um, or email us info at identicaldraw.com. Um, we'd love to answer any questions you have. We freaking love turkeys, obviously. You can probably tell. Um, yeah, we're going to be starting in Nebraska. Um, I got an Iowa tag and we'll Kansas. eventually hit Kansas. Um, South Dakota, probably. Yep. Um, Nebraska again. Wisconsin's uh, on the table, but mm. I'm not sure about that yet. Yep. So, yeah, we're going to. We're going to get our turkey fix in for sure. And we'll be posting a lot of things to YouTube. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Best of luck, everybody.